Welcome to Be In The Know. It's been the most erratic season in the Premier League era, so surely it can't all be over by February. Jurgen Klopp has thrown in the towel, so let's head straight now to Liverpool and Dom King, the football reporter for the Northwest, for the Daily Mail. Dom, it's not all over now, is it? I'd love to say it isn't over, but I think it is um, for the fact that Jurgen Klopp was so candid and honest after um, Liverpool had lost at Leicester. I think that's, that's them done and dusted. And I can't see, I'd love to be able to sit, sit here and say it's going to go right to the wire, but I think Manchester City are going to win it by clear daylight. OK, you're sacked. No help at all. Over to Manchester. Charlotte Dunker, the Manchester United correspondent for goal. Um, Ollie's crunching through the gears. Come on, tell me, can he find fifth? I wish I could help you out on this one and say that they're going to take City to the wire. But you look at their recent results and the way City are playing, I just think there's no way that um, there isn't another title going to the Etihad, I'm afraid. So I'm not much help to you either. Jerry Cox, haters TV, aficionado in the South. Tell me. It was going to be the sexy South, the special one, Lampard. Can Tuchel do it or should we be looking anywhere else? There's no way Jose, certainly Jose, is not going to win it with Spurs this year. Um, Chelsea maybe can get up there and challenge with Tuchel. He's obviously got a great record. But when you look at the table, uh, just before Chelsea's win over Newcastle, West Ham were London's top team. And with all due respect to West Ham and a lot of our friends are West Ham fans, I can't see them challenging Man City. So I'm afraid it's a no from the South too. All sacked. All of you. <laughs> Um, okay, we can't we can't revive life into the title race. Although to be fair, when everyone was saying this is Liverpool's very early and Manchester City had lost it, I was still backing Pep for a comeback. So hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's life in this dog, yeah. But let's look at a remarkable remarkable week on Merseyside. Dom, give us some insight on what it's like being a reporter after that result at the King Power Stadium and the rumours. How do you deal with that? And, and what's your phone like? There's no city um, in the country, I don't think, that does rumours like Liverpool. Um, I think Michael Owen once, once called it Rumour Central. Um, and that on Saturday night, Rumour Central was probably the most um, timid explanation or timid description you could um, imagine. I've never, I've never known anything like it, um, to be honest with you. Um, my phone from about seven o'clock till 11 o'clock was just full of people asking, is he going? Is he going? What's happened? Um, so you make the calls, obviously, and find out and there's absolutely no substance to it. By Sunday, there's, there's more messages going around. The, the stories become even more embellished to the point that it's um, two of the players have had a fight in, in the dressing room. Jordan Henderson alluded to it in his press conference yesterday. It was supposed to be Alison Becker and Andrew Robertson. And it was it was madness, um, and you almost don't want to write a story about rumours. But because it was so so colourful, this one, and because the bookmakers had got involved and um, slashed his odds on on being the next man manager to leave, they has to be addressed. Um, so both Klopp and Henderson addressed it superbly yesterday. There was a bit of humour. There was uh, a lot of seriousness to it. Is it the equivalent of a constant transfer window? It's worse in, in some ways because um, with transfers, you can you, you, you sort of almost expect it every summer in, in January. You know that there's going to be it, it's going to be coming, but because this was sort of 
so serious about um, about Klopp's future and because of how uh, the the esteem in which he's held by people in Merseyside. It was it was really really big. It was you know it was a man's feelings. Um, he's gone through an awful time this last month with, with losing his mother. We can't sort of appreciate the sort of um, emotion and heartbreak that he's had of not being able to go back and even even say goodbye to her because of these COVID travel restrictions. Um, so it's been a, a, a dreadful month. So to, for him to then be at the centre of um, rumours and and whatnot, it's it's. It's crass, really. It's 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 not on that people can just you know set a set a hair on like this. But you know he's he's wise enough and experienced enough, and he dealt with it superbly. I thought you no, know, it was it was it made for an entertaining forty eight hours. Let's put it that way. You say in 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 your report in the Daily Mail that he emphatically shut down those rumours and and proved he has the energy to continue. No doubt in your mind that was the case. Absolutely not. No, I mean, he's, 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 he made the um, commitment last year of signing um, a new four-year contract. His deal runs until the summer of twenty twenty-four. Um, he's not going to. He's not going to sort of turn his back the minute the, the first time they've, they've had a blip. All the players are signed up for contracts that last until twenty twenty-three, twenty-four. Why is he going to sort of walk away on them now when, they, when there's still so much to achieve? They've had a bad season. I think part of the problem is now that um, because they've been so good for the last three years, people are just expecting them to win every week. And that was never going to be realistic. There was always going to be a point when the form tailed off. This is it. Um, it's time for them to regroup. Uh, they'll, they'll buy in the summer, and no, no doubt about that. And then they'll, they'll go again next season. It's just, it's just been a bad season. They'll, they'll it's it's once a consigned to the past. Charlotte, um, Ollie was going so well. There was talk, excitement, moments of belief that a title race could really be coming back to Old Trafford. But as you wrote, these naive errors, what they really need is the sort of signing that made all the difference for Liverpool, a Virgil in Manchester United in defence. Yeah, I think if you look at the points that they've dropped in the last seven days, that draw against Everton and then the draw against West Brom at the weekend. I think it's just screaming out that if they want to compete at the top realistically for a sustained amount of time, not just for a few weeks, then they do need a world-class centre-back. And you can see from both of them performances exactly why they are looking for a centre-back. And that's why, why that is going to be the priority going into the summer window. I think they've got Newcastle this weekend and if you're Steve Bruce, you're just thinking, get crosses into the box because they haven't got defenders who know how to deal with them. And they spent all that money on Harry Maguire. He doesn't look comfortable. Victor Lindelof got really beaten really easily in the air. Obviously, there was lots of discussions about whether it should have been ruled out, but he should have been stronger. And I think you go back and look at United's title-winning teams from the past, they have a really strong centre-back foundation, and that's where the, the performances are built from. And they brought in Fernandez. He's made a massive difference to the way they attack and they're scoring lots of goals. They've scored the most goals in the league, but it doesn't really matter when they're conceding so many. And I think that's been the difference in terms of everyone was, we were all talking about them being in a title race and people were saying, oh, you shouldn't be saying that, but you couldn't not. They were top of the table. They were showing great form. They were the most consistent team, but then, you see them conceding goals like they have done in the last seven days and there's just no way they can 
mount serious title charge. Jerry and I were at Stamford Bridge last night and um, looking at Newcastle, this isn't a team that strikes fear. In fact, they were woeful. But on social media, Manchester United fans saying, literally, they're doing nothing here, but I'm terrified about them coming to Old Trafford. I was going to echo Charlotte's point about um, if I was Newcastle, if I was Steve Bruce, I'd, I'd probably be tempted to play Andy Carroll from the start because he is there. He's their plan B, you know, put him on and, and see what happens. Throw, some, throw the ball in the mixer. And um, that would, might, given what United's concerns are at centre-back, that might be the, uh, the plan for Saturday, for the weekend. Um, CIES are uh, the European um, professors of sports science, science and studies have uh, looked at their predicted table at the moment and they see it as Manchester City winning it, but um, Manchester United second. Does that surprise you, Charlotte? <laughs> Yeah, if you go and off the last seven games, I think they've picked up 10 points in the last seven games. So if they continue with the form like that, then it's a battle for top four, especially when you see what Chelsea are doing. They're pushing back up. Leicester are in good form. Um, Liverpool have dropped off a bit. So you'd like to think that United could sustain enough to keep in the top four. But finishing second, I, I think, is going to be a tough ask, to be honest. But you've just got to think... They've been shown consistent form before. If they can get rid of these ridiculous defensive errors that they keep making, then that's they've got the foundations of a good team there. They just need to build on that because I think I was talking to someone the other day and we were saying City, as good as they've been, it's because they've been so good defensively and they've kept so many clean sheets. Yes, they beat Liverpool. They scored four goals against them, but a lot of other results, they ground out the result. I think they beat Brighton 1-0. They beat Sheffield United 1-0. They've not been blowing these teams away and scoring 10, but it's keeping that clean sheet. And if United could have done that against West Brom, that wonder goal that Fernandez scored, that's what everyone would have been talking about. And it would have been a great result. And they showed the metal of champions and they've gone there and they've ground out a result. But instead, they're being punished by silly defensive mistakes that players of that calibre really shouldn't be making. Jerry, um, let's go to uh, Stamford Bridge and Tuchel, yes, unbeaten. Um, Wonder all the rest wins, going well. Um, Timo Werner finally getting his goal after a thousand minutes, but oh, gee, um, that shouldn't have gone in. Um, <laughs> how convinced are you really? Because have they truly had a test yet? No, that, that's true. They haven't had a test. They, they, the probably the highest ranked team they've played is Tottenham, but then Spurs are in a terrible time uh, the other week when they played them. So they haven't been pushed. Um, Southampton, you just don't know this weekend uh, what sort of Southampton will turn out. Obviously, Atletico Madrid in the, in the Champions League is a proper test. Um, what I would say, and we're, you know, we, we're very active. We get a lot of uh, Chelsea fans on YouTube, you know, and they're all absolutely crowing about Tuchel's turned them around, you know, Lampard team would have done this. What he's done is just really organise the defence. You know, going forward, they're not massively different. He's, he's tweaked it with wing-backs and so on. But as, as Charlotte said, you know, it's not like they're scoring bundles of goals like City are. Uh, you know, City aren't scoring bundles of goals, nor are Chelsea. They, they've just tightened up at the back. And it's, it's the oldest sort of um, truism in, in management is, is teams that don't concede goals win titles. If you've got a leaky defence, you're not going to win the title. And going back, you know, as, as Dom said, with Jurgen Klopp, the single biggest factor without any hesitation in Liverpool season was the injury to, to Van Dijk. You know, their, their win percentage was 75%, 76% with him. 
and it's now dropped below 50% in the Premier League. So, you know, Jurgen Klopp's got no control over that situation. And, you know, obviously they've lost um, Gomez and uh, Matip as well. You know, so if you're if the heart of your defence is ripped out, you know, Liverpool in a way have sort of reverted to the team that they were there before Van Dijk. And, you know, that's as... as as, as Charlotte said, United are looking for a top-class centre-back. Tottenham are looking for a top-class centre-back. Arsenal are. Um, Chelsea seem to have sorted it. You know, Thiago Silva has brought stability and then the system is bringing the best out of Rudiger and Zuma or Christensen or Azpilicueta, whoever plays in that three. Um, and they've got great holding midfielders in front, but every team is crying out for a really solid defence. Pep has cracked it at City, so they've now got, you know, they're not scoring freely um, in every game. As Charlotte said, you know, the one nils here and there, but they're solid. And that run they've been on, I was, I was, uh, I was at the Tottenham game in, in what, November. They've won every single game they've played since then. And shortly before that, I think October, I saw them at West Ham. And their start to the season was, what, a, a win, two draws, a defeat. You know, it wasn't title-winning form. They couldn't score goals and they were conceding. And we spoke to, to um, Pep after that West Ham game. They drew, they drew. And uh, he was saying, I don't know how we turn it around. I don't know what's gone wrong and where the goals are going to come from. And, and yet, you know, they've, they've gone on a run that is just, well, it's won them the title. It, it is about putting a run together. And they've put the, the, the mother of all runs together that now probably sees them clear. I would have thought it will take a lot to overtake them. It certainly will. Um, we will return after the break to look uh, down south and see, talk uh, the special one, what's gone wrong there. But let's have a look at things behind closed doors. Now, we know fans can't get into the game, but quite often we get these nice little insights that um, we call them copy casualties, things that we just haven't been able to include or we wish we could bring to a wider audience. So your opportunity now, I'm going to start with you, Jerry. Um, well, I thought it was quite amusing last night when uh, it was the Chelsea-Newcastle game, obviously, and the three of the Newcastle subs were warming up right in front of us. It was Andy Carroll and I think possibly both Longstaff brothers as uh, Timo Werner scored. And, and it was a ball that had come out of the air. Kieran Clark got his head there and it looked like there might have been a hand up there. And all three Newcastle players immediately turned to the ref, handball, 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 and the referee just wasn't interested, and they just turned around, shrugged, and went back. You know, it was, it was like the default position of every footballer when you can see the goal is look for something. And when he wasn't interested, it was like, shrug, well, there we go again, you know, sad. Charlotte? My one is after the West Ham, um, after United beat West Ham in the FA Cup the other week, we were late leaving, and came out the same time as Solskjaer and there's there's quite a lot of staff as you, as you know because you've got to go for all the security and temperature and they're all still milling around and it was quite late it'd gone to extra time he'd obviously done all his media and he made sure he spoke to every single um member of staff as he was leaving saying oh good that we're through good win thanks very much see you later have a nice night kind of thing and I just thought you don't have to do that do you like I'm sure Loads of people would have left and not spoken to anyone, security guards, just the stewards, that kind of thing. So he was carrying his little uh, tub of food that he'd been given to take home for his tea. And then, yeah, I thought it was quite nice that he acknowledged every single member of staff as he was heading back to his car. Absolutely class. That's that's lovely, isn't it? Dom? 
The, be, uh, the best one that I've, I've, I've had um, in this is in this new new era. It was um, was at Leeds at the end of last season. Actually, um, it, they they beat Fulham on a Saturday. Um, they beat Fulham three 0 and it was basically the, the game that was going to send send them up. Um, obviously, there's no, nobody around, no fans or anything, but. Um, uh, the directors who go to Leeds, they, they don't half make a, make a noise. They make you feel like there's like a tiny little bit of an atmosphere there. Anyway, after the game, finish filing and whatever, and you can hear this um, this marching on together. There's somebody singing "Marching On Together," and it was um, Victor Orta, the uh, director of football. He was on. He was being given a piggyback out by one of his friends, singing "Marching On Together." It was one of those things. Like, was that just really just happened? But um, all good colour. Oh, those are fantastic. I think that's almost a playoff between uh, an encounter between Leeds and Man United, the good old rivalry stoked of old there between Charlotte and Dom. And I can't choose between the two because uh, I'd be biased, let's put it that way. Um, fantastic insight there. Join us after the break where we'll be talking to Jerry about what has happened to the special one. Welcome back to Be In The Know. We're going to return, first of all, to Jerry Cox, uh, your um, headline in the Irish Examiner this week. Not special anymore. Most Spurs fans were prepared to see if Jose still had the Midas touch. Have they seen enough? Uh, I think most Spurs fans will say they've seen enough. They don't want to watch a lot more. Um, I think my, my intro to that piece was... There aren't many people who are pleased that there's no fans in stadiums, but I think Jose would be one of them because there'd be a toxic atmosphere at Tottenham at the moment. Um, the football's bad, the results aren't great, and they don't look to be going anywhere. I mean, they've got a, a cup final against Man City, but, you know, after last weekend, you don't expect much from that. The Europa League is probably their best chance of something, but that's a long way to go. You know, 32 good quality teams mostly in it. Um the title challenge, you know, fell away very badly. Um, it looked quite good at the start of the season. I think, um, you know, we've sort of got third season, Jose, where, where it all sort of starts going wrong without having second season where he wins a trophy. So, you know, Spurs fans feel a bit short-changed there in that respect. I think possibly the turning point was that West Ham game where they were 3-0 up cruising. They'd beaten Southampton 5-2 five five away, beat United 6-1 away, and then were three up at Southampton and really, you know, hit the post, put up a couple of chances that, that, you know, they should have won that by five. And then suddenly, and it was in the last, what, 20 minutes, Gareth Bale had come on for his debut, and they just fell apart. And I think from that point, certainly Jose um, thought he couldn't trust his defence and started tinkering with it and being defence-minded. Um, put the handbrake on a bit with the attackers and it's become a sort of defensive minded team and you can you know it works against Manchester City for example they held out brilliantly but as he said last weekend to beat City you've got to play the perfect game and there are all these players making individual errors Lloris was playing really well up until about two or three weeks ago and now he's making errors all the central defenders have made costly errors and he shuffled it around a lot um, so it's just, you know, it's not working. It's just not working. You could see, you know, they might creep back into the top four if they get a run going. Um, but it's not a very optimistic out, out, uh, outlook at Tottenham at the moment. If we're going to frame what Daniel Levy 
deems a success. The most important thing is finishing above Arsenal. I've been told you just can't underestimate that. What would it mean? What would it mean to him if he finishes below West Ham? Well, I, I, I would have thought for a start for Daniel Levy, the most important thing is being in the Champions League because of the money it brings. That's that's really crucial. It's in this year of all years, you know, the huge investment in that stadium, you know, it costs best part of a billion in the end, you know, and, and that was predicated on getting the money from crowds for football and American football, you know. So, and, and other venues, other entertainment um, events. So, you know, they've got a big financial hole to fill. They've got to be in the Champions League. Um, it's, it's more the fans finishing above Arsenal. It's, it's more about the fans' pride and, and bragging rights. Um, finishing below West Ham would be, a, would be a bit of a blow for that as well. But I think from a, from a business and a football sense, it's more about, you know, keeping in the Champions League. And if they can't do it through the top four, which is, which is obviously achievable because everyone's having, you know, a tilt at it and then falling away, as we discussed earlier in the show. Um, so it's about putting on a good run of form and getting it right and, and finishing top four. And Spurs obviously have the other the routine, which is the Europa League, which Jose's won twice. And, you know, on their day, they've got a team that can, should be able to beat anyone. So that, but that's a, that's a long shot, I would say. Dom, I want to ask you about uh, Leicester and a uh, man, of course, in Brendan Rodgers, who left Liverpool, I think, having rather compromised his style. He seems to have got that Leicester team playing well in, in possession of the ball. Um, people question if he's got the depth of squad, but could you see him finishing second? Oh, without a question. Yeah, I think um, I, I saw Leicester um, Leeds in November um, for the first time this season and they won 4-1. They were they were brilliant that night. Really, uh, Vardy was superb. Um, every time I see them, they just impress me. Um, but I know Brendan's got um, great confidence in this squad that he's assembled, and he knows they're improving all the time. Um, I just wonder how it's going to. I just wonder how it's going to affect them in, in, in the remainder of the season with uh, with Europe. How far they go in, in that? But um, listen, they're they're a top side. They they. they they can mix it with anyone on, on the day. Um, they've got one of the best strikers in the division. Um, they play really, really good football. They've got exciting, exciting young talents like Madison and Barnes, Tielemans. It's such a shame what's happened to, to James Justin. But um, I think anybody who sort of underestimates Leicester or sort of is a bit um, or poo-poos the idea of them finishing in the um, finishing in the top four. I think they're being incredibly disrespectful both to the manager and the team because I think that I think they're they're, they're excellent and I would I would have good money on them finishing in the top four. I really really would. Charlotte, um, we've got to look to Manchester City. Can you see any chink in their armour? Not at the moment, and I think if you look and you've got Kevin De Bruyne is a few weeks from coming back from his injury. Uh, Aguero should be coming back soon. You've got to think that they've played a lot of this season in a, with a strikerless system and they still keep winning. And you just look at all around that team, even when players don't perform that well, you've got Ilkay Gundogan who's stepping up and he's having the best season that he's had in a Manchester City shirt. I'm sure if you said at the start of the season, who's going to be their standout player as they go back to winning the title, I'm not sure many people would have picked him. So 
when you've got players like that playing out of their skin and like we keep saying the most important thing is they just keep keeping clean sheets and if they're not conceding then they're just going to ease their way to the title and I think they're seven points ahead um, at the minute but they've also got a game in hand Manchester Derby's coming up in a couple of weeks win that the point swing goes even more United probably been down in third so then it's between Leicester and, and City but with with that much points advantage I just can't I just can't see them dropping that many points and I'm, I'm gonna take you to a fixture down south Charlotte and it's the Old Trafford Old Boys uh Mourinho versus Moyes who's your favorite for that encounter who's really on the up in terms of their manager managerial career well David David Moyes has had had a great couple of months hasn't he and, I think you've seen a bit of a revival from him and he's shown that he has been able, after that dreadful time at Old Trafford, many people were writing him off saying that he's not going to be able to do it. But in some ways, he's shown more than Mourinho that he's been able to adapt and evolve and, and get, get a team back to playing the way he wants to play. Whereas Mourinho, in some ways, it feels like he's still stuck in his old Mourinho ways. I look at what a lot of what the um, the Spurs fans are saying and it's just like reading what United fans were saying when he was managing there. They're bored of the football. He plays too defensively, he parks the bus. Well, they were all Mourinho problems from years ago. And while other coaches have evolved and changed the way they play, you look at the way United play now, Solskjaer, they might not get the results sometimes. I think if you like ask a lot of the fans, they're a lot happier with the way that they play. Whereas with Mourinho, it was very try and grind out the one nil, that kind of thing. So I think in comparison with Mourinho and Moyes, at the minute, you've got Moyes you'd fancy and you think he's on a better trajectory than what Mourinho is at the moment. Jerry, there is one man that can bring the supporters around, in their opinion, and that is Harry Kane, such a strong leader. Uh, Football Insiders reports today saying that he's giving Mourinho his backing. He's certainly taken on his ideas. He can turn around a great performance as centre-back with some of his clearances this season himself. How important is Harry Kane's backing and, and could he stage some sort of a revival? Now he's coming back from his injury and we haven't really seen his him back at full fitness and full tilt yet, have we? Um, no, probably not um, full fitness since the latest injury, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a key player, you know, he's, he's, what Tottenham needed probably another three Harry Canes and then they'd be all right. You know, one in one in defence, one in midfield, and, and one up front. Um, because he's he, he can do all those jobs well. Um, but uh, yeah, of course he's backing Jose. I mean, if he'd said anything other than that, that that would have been massive headlines. I mean, that really would have been a, a serious fallout. Um, you know, the big question I think a lot of Tottenham fans are asking is if it carries on like this at Spurs and the best they get out of it is is one of the cups maybe Champions League, but maybe not, would Kane hang around? You know, he's 27 now. He He's never won a trophy, you know. he He's one of the top strikers in the business, there's no doubt. And if you saw him in a in a team like, let's say, Manchester City, who, you know, as, as Charlotte said earlier, are sort of playing without a recognised top-level striker for most of the season, Harry Kane in that team would be scoring 20, 30 goals without any problem and would be racking up medal after medal. And for City, it's a, you know, it would be a no-brainer whether, you know, obviously whether Tottenham would sell to City. Um, so I think that's another issue that, that, you know, Spurs need to address. Mourinho, Levy, between them, need to think about the long-term future because 
if it carries on like this, I don't think Harry Kane will be, you know, much as his loyalty is to Spurs, his first club and everything. Um, would he want to hang around for another season of this, you know? Um, so, yeah, really important that they 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 start to achieve something, show, show some signs that they're going to win things, get back to the sort of situation they were in under Pochettino, where they were a developing team playing bright football with, with prospects of winning things. I'm going to ask you quickly, over two legs, Poch, Barcelona, can he do it? Yeah, absolutely. Best time to play Barcelona, I would have thought. You know, um, I know, you know, obviously... Um, Neymar and Di Maria are missing, but uh, Barcelona are in some turmoil at the moment, so it's a good time to play them. And, you know, Pochettino doesn't like Barcelona. He said it over and over again. He's an Espanol man through and through. Um, yeah, I can see them turning that one over. He had a very good record against them for a while, didn't he? Um, Dom, mm. uh, talking about big encounters, uh, <laughs> if you weren't busy enough um, in Liverpool, the Merseyside derby. It's a huge game for, for both both of them. Um I mean, Everton's record at Anfield is absolutely lamentable. Um, it's September 1999 since the, the last one. I actually think there's a stat that since um, since 1977, um, they've only won four times at Anfield. It's it's in, an incredible um, number. Um, and if Everton have got ambitions of being in, in the top four, as we've been we've been talking about, then they have to win fixtures like this. Uh, there's no sort of excuses for them, with Liverpool being robbed of so many players. Um, but Liverpool, there's the uh, there's the added thing about um, saving, not not sort of not losing face to the neighbours, um, maintaining this record. You know, Klopp's never lost the derby. Um, and it, in, in some ways, it's probably the perfect fixture for Liverpool to get themselves get themselves going again. For the, for the run that they've been on, the fans just simply wouldn't wouldn't tolerate a fourth home defeat on the trot. Absolutely not. Wouldn't tolerate. Well, you, you, when, when, what, what I say is that um, they, they wouldn't be able to tolerate a fourth consecutive defeat, particularly if Everton were, were, were to inflict it. It would just, it would, you know, scramble their heads. Uh, you know, the emotion that much. I don't mean anything in terms of. The manager or that, I just mean the sort of um, the sequence that they're on. It would just be it would be impossible to stomach. Of course, Everton will approach this and will be hoping that the new centre back pairing or the vulnerabilities there will be able to be exploited. But having been at the King Power Stadium, do the forwards have to take a bit of responsibility there, leading leadership in the attack because they should have been two, three, four up at half time. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's strange how like there's there's been a lot of focus on. Obviously, the defence, the goalkeeper has not um, has added to that in recent weeks because um, he's gone from he, he's lost this sort of air of invincibility, Allison, in, in recent weeks. Um, but I, I did a piece after the, uh, the the Man City game, and I was going through the stats. Um, Sadio Mane's only scored three goals in the Premier League since November, and it was one of those things where you 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 you're rereading the, the the figures and you go, that can't be right. That's it's it's Mane. And then Firmino's only got five since uh, since the end of October, and it's for the two of them. It's just that's that's nowhere near what what we're, we we've expect uh, come to expect from them. So yeah, I mean, they both need to deliver. They've they've been they've been brilliant for so long. I mean, you can you can sort of forgive them a little bit of a dip, but in big moments. In crucial points of the season, your star players have to deliver, and it's up to them now. I think so. Yeah. 
has the disruption with Salah, the question marks over that affected the chemistry? Am I clutching? I'm trying to find the structure. Why is that? Why are this front three triumphant just really struggling? <laughs> Look, it's um, someone was, was, was explaining it to me. Um, so you take Van Dyke and, and Gomez out, and then you take Henderson and Fabinho back 20 yards. Now that sort of the impact on that on, on opposition teams is huge because that allows them to go further. What Liverpool was so good at was was keeping teams in their own half, suffocating them, not giving them any space. And those front three would just absolutely run all run all over um opposition de- defenders. Um and that's where they were so successful. And the whole sort of way that team works has, has broken down. Thiago's not Thiago Alcantara is not um, a midfielder like Henderson or Fabinho or or even Wijnaldum in terms of you know doing dirty stuff and run, running around a lot. Um, so the whole supply line to the front three has changed, and you know it's, it's we keep going back to it. And it sounds like obviously you, um, opposition fans and whatever that you think they're making excuses because you keep talking about Van Dijk, but as Jerry said earlier you've taken the one biggest component of a successful team out and everywhere else has been weakened because of it. And it's, you know, it's not rocket science, but that's, that, that, that's just, it's not an excuse. It's just a reason for, for what's happened. Which Charlotte, I think just makes even more emphasis on uh, the centre-back pairing for Manchester City. Uh, why one is being very much touted as potentially footballer of the year. Who would be your selection in that Manchester City starting eleven for Footballer of the Year, putting you on the spot. <laughs> but the minute you've got to say Gundogan, haven't you? Really, I think I see. I used to cover City a bit when I was at the Manchester Evening News, and it wasn't that he wasn't a good footballer. You could obviously tell that he was, but you sort of wondered sometimes what his role was going to be within that team. He was. You never thought he was going to be the the star man, but. De Bruyne has gone out injured and then Aguero's had issues with COVID and whatever and suddenly he's the one that's popping up with all the goals, making the runs into the box and I think he's won Premier League Player of the Month I think for for January and uh, if he carries on scoring the way he does then you can just see him winning it again and again which um, not many Manchester City players have done I don't believe. No, and I, I think De Bruyne has come <laughs> probably deserving of it for, for many years and has come yeah. from very close to it. Um, Jerry, for you, who's getting your vote at the moment? Um, well, uh, to be honest, De Bruyne w- w- was getting my vote. I think he's the best footballer in the country, um, without a shadow of a doubt. I think technically all round, he's, he's just a head and shoulders above everyone. As a, as a, you know, a, a class midfielder who can create goals, score goals and so on. Um, obviously, if he's out for a while and he misses half a season, as he has done before, then that's going to impact on it. Um, so I, I always like to, you know, wait till towards the end of the season, try and get an overall picture. As Charlotte said, uh, Gundogan has, has just been sensational the last month or two. Um, so he's in a purple patch at the moment, but you, you just don't know. Um, and it, for me, I know some, some, you know, some football writers think it's got to be uh, the player has to come from the team that's won the league. Um, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily of that opinion. To me, it's the player that gets me off my seat. You know, the player that I, I 
want to pay top dollars to go and watch. And uh, De Bruyne is that. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a class act. So at the moment, you know, he's he's my favourite player to watch in the Premier League. John? Um, I thought Harry Kane was going to be an absolute certainty to win it the way he started the season. Um, doesn't sort of um, look that way at the minute. Um, but he's he's been... He's been absolutely brilliant, um, Kane. Um, particularly when you think how Tot- Tottenham have struggled. If I had to pick somebody from from Man City, I would I would probably go with Diaz, um, given how much um, his influence has, has rubbed off on them all. Um, also, think John Stones has been fabulous, but uh, and maybe as a wild card, Jack Grealish to be in the top six. Certainly, certainly impressed, hasn't he? It's that 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 midfield for Southgate is going to be quite the conundrum. Um, talking about midfielders who are impressing, I was completely impressed by Saka at Arsenal um, in the last week against Leeds United because he was really the focus of attention. There's some great young talent coming through in that side, but. Charlotte, I'm just wondering, Mikel Arteta, who you saw as an understudy to Guardiola, is there any chance he can cause a bit of disruption for that encounter? He's done him over before. Yeah, they beat them in the FA Cup last season, didn't they? So I think in terms of knowing what um, Guardiola's weaknesses are, City's weaknesses are, uh, Arteta's in a great position, isn't he? He was there for years. He knows how they operate. He knows the sort of things they're going to do. But if you just look at the quality between the two sides, I just think there's no comparison. City is miles ahead of where Arsenal are at. And I think Arsenal had a really good result at the weekend. It was a really good performance, but they keep having bad performances and losing games. And there's just no consistency to what they're doing. And I think that's a big difference between the two sides. You've got a team that can't string wins together in Arsenal. And then you've got Manchester City who just keep winning every single game. So while Arteta might have the upper hand in that he knows he knows how Pep operates, he know, will know how to set his team up to, to cause Manchester City problems. I just can't see with the quality between the two sides how Manchester City don't add another win to their continually long streak of winning run. No one's indulging me, not one person. <laughs> Don, we have to talk about Angelotti and Everton because there is real belief. We're getting um, word that the new stadium looks to be um, essentially being signed off now by the planners as well. It's an exciting time for them. They um, they will really feel they can do something against Liverpool. Oh, they will, yeah. Um, I, I, I think... Um, Put the derby to one side. I think the the um, the biggest fixture that's, that's coming up is the um, FA Cup quarter final against Manchester City. Now, in recent years, that kind of tie would have would have brought a sort of gasp, a bit of you know weary resignation that that the the the, the FA Cup was probably going to end there and then um, for Everton. But Ancelotti has has changed things in the fact that he will he will believe they can win it. And also the fact that um, he said something to us last week that um, you know if you're gonna if you want to win these trophies you're gonna have to beat Manchester City at, at some point because they're the best team around so why not do it now rather than at Wembley? Um, so he's just his calmness, his, his reputation, his achievements. Um, he's making the club be seen credibly again, um, and he's 
he's given them a, a seriousness that they that, that they mean business. There's still there's still some way to go. The, the home form has, has been very very um, disappointing in the last couple of months. They've uh, they've lost they've lost games you'd have, you'd have expected them to win. They were completely out football by Fulham on Sunday night. Um, but it's been a it's it's been a season with far more positives and um, plenty of encouragement for Evertonians. So um, you know they absolutely love them. And um, I think one thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing when when all lockdown is over is a, a full Goodison Park and to to see how much. Um, the adulation is there for Ancelotti because he's he's absolutely adored. Um, you mentioned Fulham there, Jerry. Uh, momentum with them—that's a big gap. But uh, it looks like uh, Newcastle are losing their grip a little. Could they? Could they do it? Well, when, when you say Newcastle are losing their grip a little, the grip wasn't very tight to start with. Um, they look—they look like they're in free fall. Really, don't look good. And we, if Callum Wilson's out for a length of time. I'd worry about them, really would. Um, Fulham, is, it, it's a big gap. Uh, Fulham have got a lot of, you know, they're getting better. They've got better as the season's gone on. They weren't, you know, they probably weren't uh, favourites to go up when they played Brentford in that playoff final last year. You know, Brentford were the better footballing side and are proving it again this year. But Fulham have sort of learned on the job, you know, Scott Parker's learning on the job. He's a, he's a bright young manager and he's a good guy, Scott. You know, we know him from his playing days, obviously. Um... I, I, I do worry it's probably not enough time to pick up the points they need to get out, but it can be done. It can be done. And of the teams at the bottom, I'd see them getting above, you know, they're the one that, that have got the sort of the lifeline. They could maybe just cling on. I think uh, West Brom and Sheffield United have gone. I, I think they're, they, they're going to struggle. They don't seem to have enough about them. Fulham have got something. Dom, ultimately, um, I want to come back to Liverpool because it's been the story of the week. Um, the big question is why they didn't bring in a centre-back. They couldn't find the centre-back or maybe that dilemma of anyone coming in knowing that when or if Virgil comes back to his best, they'd be fighting against a player that Jürgen won't drop. Ultimately, what is it that they need and why hasn't Jürgen got it? Oh, um, cost, uh, availability, um the right type of player um, who will fit in. Um, also, the other the, the thing is the um, the targets that they will have in mind. Would clubs in the positions that they are at the minute would they would they want to sell to them? Um, I've no doubt in my mind that they, they, they'll they'll sign a central defender in the summer. I've no doubt that they've in my mind either that they've, there's there's one or two that they're looking very, very strongly at. Um, and they would have they would have gone for them in, in, in January had money not been an object. But they're also balancing the business at the minute. And um, I know that's not what some people want to hear, but it's it's, it's the truth. They can't just keep going out and throwing money, uh, money at things at the minute when there's nothing coming um, through the tills. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they'll they'll, they'll buy um, they'll buy someone young, someone um, who's who's best who's best is yet to come, and I think um, it'll, it'll be somebody you know who'll be a, a successor for Van Dyke maybe. Um, I'm not listen. I'm not I'm not writing Van Dyke off yet by by any stretch of the imagination, but I think you know it'll be it'll, it'll be that type of profile of a player, someone who's going to have be here for ten years maybe. Um, 
So um, be a case of watch this space, but they, they, they certainly know what they want. Reassuring for Liverpool fans that that signing is targeted for the summer when the money is hopefully coming in. Um, we are going to round up deadlines to meet. Thank you all for joining us. I'm going to ask you, though, one of my favourite segments, your unsung hero at the moment in the Premier League, who is just not getting the back page attention, the copy attention you fully believe they deserve. Charlotte, over to you. So I've done it for January. That's and I, picked, I picked Paul Pogba because I think he gets... He, comes in for a lot of stick, maybe deservedly so because of his agent and how he speaks about him wanting to leave what feels like every other week. But I feel when United were putting those, getting those results, back-to-back -back wins, he was key to that. Now he's injured. You're going to, I think you're definitely going to see the difference with the create, lack of creativity in midfield. And I think if he had stayed fit, could that have made the difference between them keeping that, uh, chase on Manchester City and not quite possibly but he's injured now so we're not sure scored a couple of really good goals as well last month so I think for me he was probably the unsung hero for January. Dom? I'm going to I'm going to be biased I'm going to say Jordan Henderson um you know he's he's um been thrown into a, a different position um one that he, he wouldn't he wouldn't want to be in um but he's he's got on with it um dutifully and the way he sort of the work that he does behind the scenes as well with with keeping things ticking over and trying to keep things straight um he's just he's just the ultimate professional i think you know you you know carry from um what he's like like around england in terms of leadership and whatnot and he's just he's he's just in a a fantastic moment in his career um i don't know whether people just take him for granted or what but he's been you know, even though it might it might seem strange when results have been bad, but um, he's he's not really put a foot wrong, I don't think, and so he would be mad. I think that's a fair call, uh, Jerry. Um, I'm not going to go for a player. I'm going to go for a manager. Um, I think David Moyes, as we discussed earlier, has done an amazing job because if you look at that West Ham team, there's very few players in there that you you pluck out and say. He's a, he's a top player that will go into any top four side. And yet he's got a team functioning. He swallowed his pride to some extent. You know, he went back there after they refused to sort of renew his contract or whatever when he saved them, you know. Um, and he's just got on with it quietly. He's a great guy. I mean, we all know, you know, we've spent time with David Moyes. And, he, you know, he's, he's a good football man. He's a... Uh, you know, he's modest and he's, he sort of knows his, he knows his craft, you know, he knows his business. And I think he's done a terrific job at West Ham. And I'm really pleased that he has done. You know, I think he, he deserves, you know, it, it's, it's a sort of second chance, if you like, second, third chance, whatever. But um, I, I'm just pleased to see him back doing well, in, at the, you know, at the top level in football once again. Outstanding. I think um, Hendo and Moyes maybe head-to-head -head on that one. Fantastic performances from those three and love seeing Pogba at his best. So sad that he's injured. Guys, I know that Dom has to run off for a, a deadline because he's he's had a wretched week. I hope it gets simpler for you soon after the Merseyside derby. Thank you so much for finding time to join us. A little shout out for my role as a chair of the FWA. If there's anyone listening to this and thinks, how lucky are we all to be getting into games? We have launched our student football writers competition um, in memory of Hugh McElvenny and Vicky Orvice. Please go to the FWA website to find out more. We love what we do. Um, thank you for joining us. You are now in the know.